One day to call my mama to remind her we ain't broke. I'm on the move with it. They all watching like what he do with it. It's a night I'm on the move with it. They all watching like what he do with it. Look at him go, look at him go, 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 go. Yeah, like you said, I don't know. Now it just feels like it's, it's the Lakers. It's like. It's the Lakers. Like the the Raptors are already out. I, I don't know about that. I I really think the Heat have a really good chance right now. I I really do. I'm telling you, and I've been saying it. I was saying it a couple weeks ago when we we're up in my buddy's camper, and I'm telling the guys at the bar, I'm like, look, the Heat are going to be really good. This is gonna be the hardest team that the Bucks have played all season. The Heat right now, and sure enough, look at that. They're the hardest. Jimmy Butler, out hustled. The entire Bucks roster. Yeah, but Jimmy Butler can't guard Anthony Davis. Yeah. And Bam, Bam can, but not to the – let's just – okay. <clears throat> you've got Bam. You've got Kenny Olenek. That, that doesn't – I don't know, man. That, that, doesn't, that doesn't, like, make me, oh, they're going to slow down Anthony Davis. Like – Maybe it's not slowing down Anthony Davis as much as keeping up with him on the other end. You know what I mean? I guess. Like, if he's scoring a bunch, you just score back. They're, cause they're then, kind of pulling the Rockets thing. They're shooting a lot of threes. Yeah, but then once once he gets going, that, that just open up, opens up the floor like, and lets LeBron do his thing too, even though, you know, Jimmy will probably be focused on him. But, yeah, I mean, if Tyler Hero keeps shooting the way he does – I mean, if Drogic keeps playing the way he does, like, yeah, I mean, they're, they're playing great basketball. I can't say that they're not one of the best teams in, you know, in the playoffs right now. It just they're, hurts to see Tyler Hero playing well. Yeah. Because he's not a good person. <laughs> no, exactly. He's a shit person, and that's what I keep hearing. I, I, and that's, it's all through hearsay, so I don't know for sure. I, I, I'll like, tell you first person. <laughs> all right, fair enough. But uh, you got to give credit where credit's due. He's a hell yeah, no, of a he's ball playing player. like a monster. Yeah. He's he's freaking incredible. All right, it's before the first time his cocky confidence is actually helping him. Before we go any further, we're gonna leave all that in. Welcome to the most must hear sports podcast in history. Welcome to First Round KO. I'm your host KO, aka Howard J Dingers, aka just changed on Twitter today. Packers KO. It's officially football season, people. I'm joined by Hanson McElvain. I didn't change my Twitter name. It's still at Hanson McElvain. <laughs> That's fair. I'm not, I'm not like sporty festive as you are when the seasons come rolling through. You're like the, the girls right now with the pumpkin spice lattes. <laughs> They're like, September, pumpkins. And you're like, I wish I, oh, I can actually. I can show, I can, I can move this. I have the Packers schedule next to my computer. <laughs> All right. So, uh, how many games do they play this year? 16. You think they? Do you think they 17? end up playing all of them? You think they get through all of them? Oh man! That was, that was more my question. <laughs> I don't know. We're gonna talk about that when we get to the NFL preview yeah. here. Um, before we get into all that, we are gonna talk NFL Week One preview. We're gonna look back at what happened Thursday. That's probably what we're gonna do most weeks, um, unless we record early. But if we record early, it's gonna be early in the week, and we'll just preview all the games. Um, but if if anything, I think what we're going to try to do is do Thursday night slash Friday night uh, recording so we can talk about the Thursday game and go into um, the weekend stuff. And I don't know about your schedule, Hanson. I want to do two episodes a week um, so that we I'm can preview and review. 
and if for some reason there's a week that like you're busy on Sunday night or something, or I can't, what, I don't know, whatever, like maybe I'll just jump on during Sunday night football or something and I'll just record a quick 20 minute thing, you know? So we'll, we'll figure it out. Um, but I think most nights, I think most weeks we should be fine, but we are going to go to two episodes because there's preview and review football. There's still basketball and baseball happening. There's hockey happening and there's a lot of news and, and honestly, sports aren't really going to slow down. The NBA season is basically going to restart when it ends. And yeah, they're talking about expanding the off season for basketball just because they're like, we can't cram all of this in. We're just gonna have exactly. to shorten the next season even more. Again. And even that, even if they extend that, there's going to be a lot to talk about in the off season. So yeah, so oh, yeah. yeah, we're definitely we're probably going to shoot to two episodes. I think my schedule is pretty pretty firm now. I mean, it's yeah, still good too. it's still I I have Mondays and Wednesdays most weeks, but I you know it's still kind of up in the air the other days. So. We'll figure it out as we keep going. And just a plug, I mean, obviously follow us on Twitter at FRKL Podcast um, and go check out the other the other podcast that me and my roommate just started at One More Last One on Twitter, at One More Last One Pod on Instagram. You can find us on iTunes, Spotify, wherever else you get podcasts from. Uh, check us out. We're pretty fun. <laughs> and it's doing pretty well right now. I'm very happy with it. I, I have a lot of fun recording it. But anyway, let's talk some basketball, a little bit of basketball. I mean, the Lakers are winning right now. You wanted to talk about Giannis because you're starting to lose a little bit of faith. Okay, so here, there's, there's a couple things. So the first thing that really sparked my attention was when the Lakers signed Costas. Which you brought that up. Was, yeah. which, I, which I brought up. That was my first thing. And we, we all know how loyalty works with the Antetokounmpo family. And Giannis isn't any different, obviously. I mean, we see that he got his brother dragged into a, a sizable contract that he is nowhere near deserving of. But since his last name is Antetokounmpo, it, it counts. And so I just, I'm worried that the Lakers are going to be willing to spend more money when this new cap hits. Because they, they move back the, the cap space change a season right from what they're planning because of COVID. And what I'm worried about is Giannis is going to sign like a two-year deal here. So it's going to be like a one plus one on addition to like, he will take his option and then do a one plus one because his option is still the max he can take. So it's basically, he'll be here next season, the season after that. And then he'll have a player option for the first season when the cap goes up. So that gives him the financial flexibility and options to go wherever he wants. And that also gives the Bucks the opportunity to have one more season to really start like preparing the books to sign Giannis to whatever that we're talking Patrick Mahomes near numbers with this new salary cap. So, I mean, they're going to have to get some real money ready, especially for a smaller market team like Milwaukee, uh, but they've come out and said they're not scared of spending. So I, I'm worried about it to a certain extent. Um, I, there's always cryptic things with social media and athletes, even a guy like Giannis. And you hear a lot about guys like him. He's, he's one of those guys that doesn't practice with guys from other teams in the offseason because of his competitive nature. And he's also one of those guys that doesn't really follow a lot of other athletes on social media from his sport. So to see him unfollow his teammates – what, less than a week after he just said, what, three days, not even, after he just said that we're looking to build a team for years to come, 
that's really concerning me as a Bucks fan. I'm not so concerned by that. I've seen a lot of social media antics that lead to nothing. Giannis could be messing with the media because the media story has, for like the last year has been that Giannis wants to leave and Giannis is going to leave. I, I could see him just, I, I don't know, maybe, maybe it's just a social media cleanse because we've seen that too. We've seen people, maybe he just wants to take that off season. Maybe he's now home, he's focusing on his family and maybe his little brother. Like there are, I, I, I could see multiple reasons that why he does that. I don't know. I'm not going to look too much in that. I don't think Giannis would be that kind of guy is like, Ooh, I'm going to leave my team. So I'm going to go and follow them. And you know, we're going to leave all these cryptic things. I think if he was going to leave, I think he would kind of leave that open and you know, maybe he did, but it, it does to me, I still feel extremely confident that he wants to stay in Milwaukee, that he does want to build something for the future. I, yeah, I, well, in the thing that at least that gives me comfort, is that even if he does want to leave, the way that the Bucks took a chance at him and were patient with him, even though it's not the same ownership group that drafted him, he still respects them, this current group, just like the former group. Yeah. And he's going to take that into consideration. So if he and, wants to leave, you'd hope that he'd be like, hey, I'm not going to resign. So if you're going to get value, trade me. Well, and even that – like this when when this new regime took over they did notice his talent it wasn't like they just came over and said we want our new guys they still yeah. came they when they started they said okay we reckon even before he was at his mvp level they said we see that you're going to be an mvp that you're going to be a star player in this league we're gonna build our team around you and they've been doing that for the past few seasons so i don't know i again i, I i've stayed pretty firm on this i don't think i haven't thought for a second that he's gonna leave I could be wrong, I. But the, to me, it just it still feels like the the media narrative um, and the Twitter thing. I don't know. It confuses me a little bit. But like I said, it, that could really just be a social media cleanse. I go through and f unfollow people about twice a year. Like, like your entire team. It, it's just a it's just a cleanse to get away from ba basketball. Maybe like who yeah. else did he unfollow? Was it just his? Yeah. Well, and that's the thing. Like who else did he unfollow? Maybe he unfollowed Woj and fucking all these other guys that are reporting yeah. about basketball. We don't. You know that that's it, people are telling the story that they want to tell too. So yeah, knows? it's just it is hard to see him leave. Though. He's just so invested into the city. Yeah. It, it would be weird and it would be sad, um, but... Because he's not like a LeBron type. He's not like big Showtime. No. Because he was offered a spot in, in Space Jam and all that. Like, it's not like he's not been offered these things. He just doesn't want the bigger stuff. Like, he'll do commercials, but yeah. that's about it. So, yeah. Milwaukee does make sense for him as a market. Uh, we're going to go more in depth on the NBA playoffs next week. This week, I really wanted to focus on football because I'm so excited for that. Um, but I mean, as of right now, we still don't really, I mean, officially, we don't know the conference finals. We basically know the conference finals, but um, we're getting but there. We, we got we do... Daniel House, though. We got to talk about Daniel House. Yeah, let, let's touch on that. So bring me up to speed on this. Um, so Daniel House, he's a forward guard. He, I mean, for the Rockets, there's no positions. It, it's the Rockets. But so Rockets player Daniel House married, got caught with a uh, co female COVID tester in his room on, uh, at, in the bubble. And uh, it was really funny with the way the NBA described the crypt. Like, this is also kind of cryptic <laughs> because it's more like the NBA Gestapo was kind of like, 
this isn't this isn't like a she had like nothing to do there like she had no affiliation with what was going on like because it was at night and covid tests are in the morning just a hell of a pickup line that brought her no in. Po- yeah exactly well <laughs> i mean hi i'm a professional basketball player that normally like i said really hell of a pickup line <laughs> yeah so um it, it was bound to happen and I'm glad that it happened in probably the safest way possible. You know, <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. Like you couldn't have picked a safer, like, unless maybe it's like a nurse that lives in a hazmat suit. Like it really doesn't get any safer than the actual COVID tester. It's so just... I give him some props, but on the other hand, he's married. So I also, I feel. Didn't, really didn't they just bring in families? Like uh, it, did his wife not come apparently? Uh, well, they have caps. They have numbers on how many they can bring in. So, so his wife wasn't one of them? I don't know if he's high enough on the roster. I don't know exactly how it works. Uh, that, that's one of those things I haven't really looked into because all we really see is Giannis's girlfriend and his baby. Yeah, so. I mean, I remember I saw one of the games I was watching. They, they did cut to the baby section with all the, with all the moms yes. sitting with the babies. Uh, yeah, the, all, the, the, the mo- all the the girlfriends and wives yeah. hanging out with the babies and dancing to the music. I love that a lot. I don't know that if you notice, good. though, if you watch games, you'll hear a lot more female screaming now yeah. because it, it's, it's actually there and not artificial, and you, it's definitely easier to pinpoint. So, yeah. and I'm sure that's got to help the environment a little bit, you know, to at least have some live noise. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah especially sure. though, those pe- important people in their lives, like pushing them really hard and like the playoffs. Yeah. Like that's pretty cool. Speaking of actually having fans Thursday night football, the we the yeah. NFL has what? started. What? Like Kansas city had fans and Andy Reid came out here looking like he was like clear Iron Man. He was Iron Man by the end of it. <laughs> well, no, it he was, was foggy Iron Man yeah. by the end of it. <laughs> it was so funny. No, I, I, I mean, thank God football's back. It, it looked it, great. It looked great. It still sounded great, and it's probably because Kansas City's so freaking passionate and their fans are pretty great um, as far as football fans go. Yeah, it's I'm not. really worried about Los Angeles and Las Vegas when it comes to that stuff. Yeah, that's going to – well, and that's the thing, like – Okay, so, like, I'm sure people are probably complaining that there's fans right now. The way I've taken this stance is outdoor stadiums, if you don't go 100 capacity, if people aren't shoulder to shoulder, I think it's okay. I yeah. personally might not do it. I, I don't know. I, I mean, I wouldn't be able to afford a fucking ticket right now. But yeah, like, seriously. It, but still, like, you're socially distanced. You're outside. You have to wear a mask if you're not eating and drinking, which is hard to – police when there's so many people but still like you're still socially distant outside and all that stuff like i can't hammer home that point enough like i was okay with what they did in in kansas city but when you get to games that are like in dallas and in like i don't i'm trying to, i don't even know like houston i think is also like in arizona when well, you get to yeah. when you get to a closed stadium i'm not too keen on it i mean how but cl- close it's close you see that's the thing it's still it's it's very it's like, a very Texas open space yeah like yeah there's a bunch of them that are closed but like their sides open up and stuff and it's yeah that's true big. that's and true the, the big air circulating systems and with how much money they put into those those have to be put up to some sort of like air quality code and detroit Especially too those, yeah, oh come on 
the reason why they're probably in a dome is because they're in Detroit. That's like, also true. I don't know, but the, you know, still, obviously, he's still inside and being enclosed. And I don't know. It's still, it's not as safe, but still, yeah. at that at that point, you have whatever. Even if you go 40 percent capacity, let's say, I I'm not too worried about it, honestly. But if we start to see like a spike in cases because of it, like if there's, some, if, I'm sure people are keeping track of it. Like if you're at the game, let us know if you get tested. Blah blah blah. If that starts a spike, then we need to shut it down immediately. <laughs> like, well, NASCAR has been looking pretty good. Yeah. So, and I think they're kind of like, yeah, I think that's kind of been like the model. Like, they're everyone's been kind of looking at somebody else as like the model to make sure things are going well, which I like that people aren't just have half haphazardly running out there and doing things. No. So, kudos to the people that are in charge. They're actually kind of seeming to do things right. For sure. So, so especially in this time. So let's talk about this game. Kansas City Chiefs beat the Texans 34-20 to start the season. I'm not surprised. <laughs> so, like, I, I would ask you the question, what, what does this game tell you? But I'm going to answer the question for you. It should tell you nothing because this is the, the first game that these guys have played after five weeks of training camp. It tells me, it tells me two things specifically. One, on the Kansas City side, they have another explosive weapon. Yeah. Which is scary to think about when you think about what this offense did, specifically in the playoffs alone last season. This team was explosive as all hell. And then you add a guy like Clyde Edwards-Alaire, who is just electric out on the field. That move that he made on his touchdown was just great. And I'm going to be high on the guy all season because I drafted him with my eighth overall pick in fantasy. Here and we go. Whoa! <laughs> that's loud. Get out of here. Um... Hopefully that didn't go through the audience through the zoo. Um, I didn't hear anything. All right, cool. Probably not then. But yeah, like adding another weapon to that is just, it's crazy to me. Like I, I, the Chiefs and Sammy Watkins showed up, but he showed up week one last year too. So I'm not going to jump on that Sammy Watkins, like his back bandwagon yet. <laughs> he had um, a lot of time to rest. That, tr that too. So why is this? Can I just see? But if I mute that, I'm not going to be able to hear you. Can I? Well, I'll just pause this so it doesn't keep auto playing. Sorry. Anyway, on the Houston side, you know what I noticed from Houston? They don't have enough weapons. Well, <laughs> it, they, they look, just got rid of their best weapons. Houston so. looks like a team that needed a number one wide receiver. <laughs> huh. That's really interesting. It's almost like you traded him for a running Nothing. back who, uh, I will say, like, uh, David Johnson actually looked pretty decent on Thursday night. I, I can't – I'll hold my hands up. and He looked good. He looked better than I thought he was going to look. I don't think that's going to go through the rest of the season. I think he got more looks because Duke Johnson got injured. So I don't know how long he's going to be out. But I don't – I'm not trusting David Johnson to be that guy. But he still only had 77 yards and that touchdown. Like, I don't know. They, they obviously don't even trust him. Like, obviously, they were down, too, but they were running a lot in the second half, which was I thought was super weird. But only 11 carries. They obviously want Deshaun to be the guy, but they took a huge weapon. Now your main guy is Will Fuller, and Will Fuller's not reliable every week because he's DeAndre been injury-prone. <laughs> like, he's been injury-prone his entire career. You bring in Brandon Cooks, who's kind of – he hasn't been the same since New Orleans, and he's also injury-prone. You have Randall Cobb, who didn't find his place in, in Dallas. We'll see if he can do it in Houston. He's a good slot receiver. We've saw, we have saw it plenty of years. That, screen, that one screenplay for, like, second and 16 that they had, 
I mean, he got it because he's been doing that his whole career. So if they use these pieces correctly, yes. But what happens when Will Fuller and Brandon Cooks both go down and Randall Cobb's your number one guy and you got to go to QT? And, like, I, I, I still don't understand. Like, I, I love Kyler Murray and I, loved, like, I love a lot of the guys on the Cardinals. So I was really happy with the trade. But, like, man, that's, how do you do that if you're Houston? And how does Bill O'Brien still have a job? <laughs> I, something tells me that Houston might be going into what might be called a process. And be, what tells me that is when you make a trade that's so lopsided like they made, they're not expecting to come out here and have a winning season. They've got a quarterback who's still fairly young, but if you don't put any real pieces around him, they're not going to win any games. If you don't win games, you get a better draft pick. What was that? Giannis met with Bucks ownership, reportedly discussed team's future in private meeting today. Huh. He's staying. What, yeah, I'll say, what if it's a, talking about the Supermax? But it, anyway. on, the, on the same day, he unfollows his teammates. No, stop it. You're playing yourself right now. You're playing yourself. I, you know, but you do bring a, you, you do bring up a good point. I, they, the only thing is they just made Deshaun Watson their second, the, the second highest paid player in NFL history. But how many more years are you expecting him to play though? Deshaun Watson? Yeah. Like a bunch. Like you're expecting him to play a bunch more. Yeah, like, like eight to ten, eight to twelve peak. years. He's not at his peak yet. So no. he's not as good as the money he's given right now. He's playing for the potential. Uh, yeah, that, I, I don't I, could, yeah. I don't think he's worth as much as he's getting paid right now. No, but he will be within that contract. Eventually. Like at the end of the at the in the like the last two seasons of this contract, he'll be at his peak and then he'll get even more money. But like the fact that they're giving him all that money maybe that's why they had to trade DeAndre because they knew that they were going to, they were probably going to have to get rid of him anyway to make that. Because now how do you build a team around this guy? Like that's the thing with Patrick Mahomes. You can draft a Nicole Hardman and play him for four years on a rookie deal. And he's going to play great with, with Patrick Mahomes. And you can draft Clyde Edwards, Alaire and maybe not keep him after that fifth season. And you can like, and Tyreek, he's already got paid. And you can, you can, what I'm saying is Patrick Mahomes makes, players i'm not saying tyreek's not a great receiver because he is but he's making me cold look better he's making sammy watkins who we all thought was washed up he's making sammy watkins look like a better receiver you know that sounds a lot like aaron Rodgers, exactly and he has that quality about him where he has a very catchable ball and he's going to make people look better and especially in this offense like we have to give credit to andy Reid, where he's just he's just incredible and we've known this i'm glad he finally got a ring to prove it and so, but I don't know if Deshaun – Deshaun's not that guy right now. And I, I think that was proven on Thursday night. We'll see as, as the season goes on. He's in a pretty tough division with two teams that can definitely uh, fight for that top spot. I don't think the Texans are going to win the division this year. And so I'm – I don't know. I'm very it, – it, you bring up a good point in the kind of process type of thing where they might be looking to not necessarily rebuild, but they're kind of, you know, they're kind of in that mode where they're, 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 they're okay taking a few not years. Win. Like yeah. they're okay with it. Exactly. But at the, on the other hand, they're going to have to do it purely through the draft because JJ Watts got a lot of money. 
you have they already let, had to let go of Jadavion Clowney two seasons ago, and now Hopkins is gone, and you have all these people that just kind of keep cycling through. And well, here's what I'll tell you: I don't know if, if JJ Watt's a part of their future, though, because I mean, if you're he's he's at, he's in his peak range right now. If yeah. anything, he's on the second half, right? Yeah. With his, especially with his injury history. Like, we've seen what that man has done to his legs and arms. Like, it, not his even back. to mention his back. Yeah. yeah. Like, so I, I don't see him sticking around in Houston more than these la- next two seasons. Because, yes, his money is huge. And he's still there for, what, four more years or something like that? He's, he's on a big deal, right? A long one? Cool. So, JJ? Yeah. Is he on a long-term deal right now? I can't. Uh, if only I had Google in front of me. Yeah, if only. So, but it's it's one of those things where that's a team that's looking to go younger, and that's kind of how that process works. You go younger, you lose games, you learn with the guys you have, and you build along the way through the draft. He's got two more seasons left on a six-year deal. Exactly, that's perfect. Two more seasons from now, that's when you, that's when you hope that you have accumulated what <clears> you want. So you could trade him after next year. After this year. All right, yeah, that's what I mean, after this season. So you have the next season to – yeah. Yeah. You know, you may be, you may be onto something there, I guess, you know, Houston hasn't done what they wanted to do obviously with Hopkins and with a solid defense, I would say at one point, like they, I still think their issue is, I don't think their issue was the team. I think the issue is still the head coach and I still don't see uh, a way that he's going to leave because there's not really anyone above him to fire him. And I, so I don't know. I, I still don't think Bill O'Brien's the guy. And I, I really hope, that he doesn't become the Mike McCarthy to Aaron Rodgers um, and waste his prime years. Yeah, we're just going to have to see. We're going to have to see how they handled this whole anything or whatever they have going on down there. So let's see what the plan is. All right, let's preview all these games for, well, tomorrow by the time you're – I'm going to upload this as soon as we're done. So I I apologize for the very late (laughs) preview of these games that are probably happening today. Uh, when you're listening to this but um that's just how that's just how this week went they'll be earlier next time but this is week one so obviously well ESPN puts my favorites to the top so we're going to talk about these two teams first I guess Jaguars and the Colts Colts are going to win this pretty easy (laughs) oh you don't have any any faith in your boy down there I have faith that we're going to get a top two pick. <laughs> <laughs> hey, there you go. Listen, we tri- we, they, when, they un- when they unveiled those new jerseys like two seasons ago, Calais Campbell, Jalen Ramsey, AJ Bouye, all these guys, on the fa- they're all gone. Yeah, <laughs> they're yeah. all gone. Miles Leonard Jack, Fournette. <laughs> Leonard Fournette's gone. <laughs> I think Miles Jack is the guy there right now. And obviously um, – uh, Gardner Minshew and he's going to uh, be the guy Uncle Rico Uncle Rico exactly so like I don't know if we get I want to believe in Gardner Minshew and I want him to be the guy because I absolutely love him I actually was extremely impressed with what he did last season and I hope he is the guy but if the Jaguars fall like if they get Trevor Lawrence to fall in their lap like that could happen and then you trade Gardner Minshew and you get some pieces off of that so I'm I don't know I I uh, I mean, everyone heard my preview last week. The Jaguars are not going to be good this year, and I think everyone knows that. If you're in fantasy, you know that you should start just about anyone who's playing against Jacksonville. And what we really should talk about is Phillip Rivers and this Colts offense because 
this is arguably one of the better offensive lines that Philip Rivers has played behind in a very long time. He has T.Y. Hilton. He has Jack Doyle and someone else is going to, uh, they have Trey Burton, but he's injured this week one. Um, Paris Campbell and someone else at the wide receiver that I'm not thinking of. Um, but they have Jonathan Taylor and Marlon Mack in the backfield. Yeah. And that's going to be like this offense has potential and this defense isn't a slouch either. Darius Leonard was the defensive rookie of the year last year. To last year yeah last year so like i i'm i'm very excited for this colts team it's, it's gonna be what their defense can do to support their offense for them this season because yeah. their offense is loaded yeah if philip rivers can play better than he did last year because we know what he yeah. did last year and he didn't he did have some pretty good weapons but again that offensive line was just not what it what it should have been and this offensive this is potentially the best offensive line in football right now. So, and you put Phillip Rivers, a seasoned guy who knows what he's doing back there with, with a weapon like T.Y. Hilton and those two running backs, I'm very excited to watch this offense. Most definitely. Let's talk about the Packers and the Vikings. I, I like the Packers this year. <laughs> no shocker, right? Wow, really? No, no bias at all. I mean – I don't even know what to say. Aaron, Aaron still has an offensive line in front of him. It's not the best, but it's there. It's, and it's, it's a lot, it's probably top echelon of the league. Like it, you, you lose Balaga. That's a big blow. It's, it's not a like big, he played yeah. for more than half the season normally anyway, yeah. but like still that's the mind on the sideline. It would even be nice to have. Yeah. And Elton Jenkins last year stepped up. Like he was one yep. of the best offensive rookie offensive tackles last season. And he was, he was just awesome. So for, and and everyone always says you need at least three offensive linemen to be good. You, like if you if you only have two, you're you're screwed basically. But if you have three, four, you're fine. And if you have five, you're fucking great. Um, I I believe in the Packers offensive line. Obviously, Aaron Jones is a top five running back right now. Maybe he's close at least. I would put him top seven maybe. Um, definitely top five in the exciting category. <laughs> and then you have Jamal Williams back there who could. Yeah potentially start on a lot of other teams um yeah and aj Dillon, who they were we're told is where people are extremely excited about him and if we can use him i know he's a running back but if we can use him like we use john coon and aaron ripkowski the past few seasons i mean i i really uh, you know we only have Devonte, but alan lazard stepped up last year if mbs can stay healthy <sighs> I don't know, man. I, I, and Jay Sternberger, I'm pretty, I've, I, I've been a huge truther of Sternberger. I've projected him to have a big year this year at tight end. So I'm, I'm excited, but against this Vikings team, I don't know. I'm not high on the Vikings. It seems like they've lost more pieces than they've gained. I, I mean, they got unique and Gakwe on the defensive side of the ball, but they're, they don't have, what's his name? To Daniel Hunter. They don't have Daniel Hunter this weekend. He's injured uh, for, he, out for at least this game. I don't know. Their defense just doesn't excite me. Like, especially when you look at the two Packer games last year, th this team just didn't show up. Like even when Delvin Cook ran well last year in both games, Christian, uh, Christian, Kirk Cousins, geez, I'm getting my names all mixed up right now. Kirk Cousins just didn't really perform last year. And I, I, it feels to me like a lot of people are more high on the Vikings than I am, but I just don't see it. 
No, I'm on I'm on your team here for that because I I'm sitting here watching mainstream sports media and they're all like the Vikings are going to be over 500. They might be beating out the Packers and winning the division. Like it's probably only going to be a one game split between the two of them. Like I I just I don't see that happening. If anything, I see the Bears finishing above them. No, 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 no. no. (laughs) The the reason I say that is because I don't think people are prepared for the Bears actually being a good team this year. They were a good team two years ago. And then uh, Matt Nagy outthought himself. (laughs) I think they actually have a potential to be a good team this year once they get Nick Foles on the field. Uh, Eventually. It might take a couple weeks. I don't know. Eventually. I don't know who saw my tweet, but I put out an early season prediction. Nick Foles is going to start week 15 and 16 and win two games for the Bears and give them hopes for a wild card spot in the playoffs. But it's not going to pan out. And they're going to miss the playoffs. That's what's going to happen. They're going to be like, they're going to be like so glad they're going to be like a game or two back from that seventh spot. It's just not going to happen. It's I, like, smells like Philly, but Chicago. <laughs> right. I, I, I still see it's Packers, Vikings. Lions are last. Bears, on, I don't know, man. The line with Matthew Stafford healthy. He's got Adrian Peterson and DeAndre Swift. He's got Kenny Galladay and Marvin Jones Jr. He's got TJ Hawkinson on offense. I don't like their defense, but they did play a lot. They did play well last year. I like they're doing something right. The Lions, they're moving up. They're not move, they're not staying steady or anything like a lot of I these mean, teams. they're moving up from being in the 50 feet of shit category. So I don't really but know. That's the, but that's the thing. They're moving up while these other two teams, the Bears and the Vikings, to me, aren't moving up. They're 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 either staying stagnant or they're losing players more than they're gaining talent. Like that's what so I don't know. So to me, it's still the Packers division. It'll probably be close, and you know, the Vikings will probably stay, be right there because they do seem to win a lot of games, but against us. This division has not played well recently. I say we're probably going to go on like two, three-game losing streaks at some point in the season. Yeah. And then at the, Aaron Rodgers is going to somehow find a way to win like the last like five or six games. Just tell him mm-hmm. like chill out. He'll come up with a new phrase this year. It's like relax, chill out, calm the fuck down. Like calm, we got please. this. He said I'm breaking, breaking out the tequila. That's his. <laughs> <laughs> All right. That's the, a new one. The Seahawks versus the Falcons. This one should be interesting. The Falcons have 10 starters on their offensive side that are first-round picks. There's only one person who isn't a first-round pick, and it's someone on the offensive line. Whoa. It's right. It's Hayden Hurst, Julio Jones, Calvin Ridley, uh, Todd Gurley, Matt Ryan, and then four of their offensive linemen. I forgot Todd Gurley. That's going to be wild. It's going to be weird. He's going to look good in that uniform, though. And you have a co- you have a team who played like shit in the first season last year, but then they really stepped up and they really played well in the second half of last season. And you have a coach who, in many pe- many people's eyes, is playing for his job. Like he is out there to win and keep his job and get a new contract. I like this team. I just don't know because of the division they're in. I don't know what they're going to do. And against the Seahawks, it's going to be tough. Jamal Adams added to that team. You lose Jadavion Clowney, but you get Jamal Adams. That's that's Legion of Boom stuff coming back. I don't know if they have all the pieces quite there, but their defense is still going to be solid. We know Russell Wilson's a magician. Chris Carson is a beast of a running back when he can stay healthy. They have Tyler Lockett, DK Metcalf. Uh, they have Greg Olson at tight yep. end, which I just remembered. And they signed Josh... 
uh, Josh Gordon again. Yeah. They obviously have they, they obviously think they can do something with him. Yeah. The Seahawks are as all as they have been for the past like five six seasons. They're impressive. So if I had to, I, I'm going Seahawks on on this one. And I'm waiting for Marshawn Lynch to do another stint up there. Do, do like kind of great. Out of retirement, a what, seventh time now. Yeah. We'll um, when you're like Atlanta's in a position right now where when you have a quarterback like Matt Ryan, you're supposed to be winning more games than they've been winning, and they have a roster that's very, very strong. And if they're not going to be winning more games with this roster that is obviously an upgrade from last year, then who's the first person you look at that if the roster's better? you look at your coach because he's the one that's supposed to make the puzzle pieces fit. So it, that's definitely playing for a job. So and I, I never count out Russell Wilson in Seattle no. because yeah. that, that man, like we, we don't hear, like we still don't talk about him enough now. Like he, he flips out like Kyler Murray. We talk about talking about Trevor Lawrence, people dropping to pick him up. We're talking about all these other – Tom Brady going down a tent. We're not talking about Russell Wilson right now. And he's still – he's in his prime. He is ready to kick ass and take names. And guess what? He's probably going to, and he might – Seattle's probably the biggest threat, or at least one of them, to the Packers right now. So – and they always end up beating well, for some reason. They, they have to easily have to battle in their division with San Francisco too. Exactly. exactly. And then – yeah, there's just there's too many teams that we're going to have to deal with, and Seattle's one of them with Russell Wilson. These amazing quarterbacks can control these teams in ways that we really haven't seen since, like, our legendary Hall of Fame quarterbacks from, like, yesteryear from the past 50 years. Mm-hmm. And that, that's, like, six guys. And there's six guys in the NFL right now doing stuff like that. Before we move on, I do want to go back to the Packers real quick just because I just remembered I didn't even mention their defense – we had the Smith brothers last year and that was both their first seasons and they played all-star level. Like these guys are now more fitted in with Kenny Clark. They know that we, they have even more chemistry. We add Christian Kirksey in the middle who I think is a solid linebacker. Like I don't think he's going to put up Blake Martinez numbers, but as far well, as a fit for the team, yeah, you don't, you can't have one person put up Blake Martinez numbers. He was, like yeah. he's like leading the league in tackles yeah. every year. But but the, but even because Blake Martinez was putting up those numbers, he was at, at, in certain aspects of the game hurting the team. He was his speed in the middle wasn't what we needed it to be. I think Christian Kirksey can actually fit with this team better and kind of and mesh and hopefully slow down a lot of the run game that we were hurt on last year. And then obviously you look at the secondary. I think Jair Alexander is quickly becoming one of the best corners in in football like he, he's quickly getting up there um the way he's been playing so that that's just another reason I, I i like the packers to win this week and as a fan that should make you feel comfortable because that's spread out talent around the field mm-hmm. and having spread out talent around the field on defense is the key to winning rings if you have your defense it's too loaded in the backfield they're going to kill you on the run game yep. so and that's something that we've had an issue with where we've had decent corners and we couldn't stop a run game then the next season we come back, we prepare for a run game, then we can't stop with deep balls. So exactly. this year I'm feeling super comfortable in that, and I'm glad you brought that up. I do want to mention, too, I'm not – I don't think the Packers are the best team in in the NFC oh, even. I, like no, I think they're no. maybe fourth or fifth. But yeah. I think I think the margin between five and one I think is even closer than it was last year. Yeah. I, think, I think the top five teams are great, and they all have a chance at the Super Bowl this year. 
right now the NFL is a chess match. Yeah. Like the pieces are so similar. Mm-hmm. I mean, they might they do things differently, obviously, and well, and affect their teams differently. But in the end, they still all are so positive. It's all about how they're mm-hmm. being used. So th- that's why these coaches, these coaching jobs are so sacred, because you, you're playing with the most expensive toys in the world, basically exactly. these football players and what they can do. So. Jets versus Bills. I mean, these are two teams that are pretty similar from last year. Uh, not I mean, there. This shouldn't even be a game at all, right? Like, I mean, the Bills are going to absolutely destroy them. Yeah, like I, I, I feel like the Jets should go play against the Canadian teams right now. Like maybe they can go get some practice. I, I want to just quickly touch on the Bills before I talk about what's wrong with the Jets. I like. I think Josh Allen's going to have. Uh, he's going to be in the running for MVP this year. I think he's going to have a breakout season because of the talent that he. I don't think Stephon Diggs himself is going to have a good season, but the addition of him to that wide receiving core and that offense attention. is going to be ridiculous because he yeah. fits. We we heard from the Bills organization that they weren't going out and getting the best receivers. They weren't getting out the best route runners or anything. They were getting speed guys because they know Josh Allen isn't the most precise and accurate with his throws, but he can get the ball to your receiver and hit the open spot. And if you have a guy who's quick enough, he can adjust mid mid throw to get to that ball. And I think Stephon Diggs fits that measure perfectly. Plus he's a good receiver in other aspects too. So I think he just adds to that offense. Obviously they have Devin Singletary and they also have Zach Moss who from the sounds of camp, Zach Moss might eventually be the guy in that backfield. It sounds like they're extremely high on him. So just having Devin Singletary who they thought was the future of the running back there and now all of a sudden you have another guy who you're like having both of those guys there is going to be tremendous. I really like the, and obviously the defense, we don't even need to talk. Tredavious white is incredible. They have so many Edmonds. It's at the state or at the linebacker position. Their defensive line is crazy. Uh, like it's their whole team is just really good. We know that Micah Hyde has found his place there for sure. We know, which is unfortunate, but <laughs> what, yeah, I could have saw coming cause he was actually a very good player for us. Yeah. Um, so yeah, that uh, I, I really like the Bills this year. I I think they're winning the AFC East pretty easily. Um, the Jets, on the other hand, I I think Sam Darnold can still be their quarterback. I think Lev Bell is still a solid running back. They have uh, they don't really have weapons. I would say I, there's other positions on the field. Though. It, well, exactly, and and not only that, but when you have a guy wearing the headphones, as I, I want to use the word incompetent as Adam Gase, it just feels like every offense and every team that he touches, it just becomes snake bitten and he just can't utilize the talent that he has on the team. We saw when Adam Gase was the head coach of the Miami dolphins, he had guys like Devonte Parker, Kenyon Drake, and all these freaking guys on this team that he just couldn't do anything. Mike Jacecki, all these guys he couldn't do anything with. All of a sudden he leaves. Devonte Parker becomes a, like a top receiver and Kenyon Drake gets traded for big, and now he's the starting running back for the Cardinals. All these guys, and, and, and now you see Sam Darnold, who had a crap year last year. You, Lev Bell, even though last year was his first year after that holdout year, he still should have been a top running back, and he just, he just wasn't. He was averaging like two yards a carry or something crazy like that, like, and the defense was just nothing. There were injuries all over the place. It just feels like this man doesn't know how to run a football team. Well, I'll tell you, as a football fan in the Northeast, at least you're really close to other teams. 
Because I would be running to another team right now if I was a Jets fan. Thankfully, they have another team in the same stadium. Fans, yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. The perks playing in the Meadowlands. Yeah, so I I think and a great another young quarterback on the other team too. Who I would right now more way more uh, exciting. I would take over Sam Darnold in a in a heartbeat. Uh, Bears Lions. Let's talk about the other half of this NFC North uh, division. We kind of talked about it. The, like the Lions, listen, the Lions talk about – say what you will about the Lions. They always play their uh, divisional games, like, extremely well. And, with Matt, like I said, I've already kind of touched on everything. Matt Stafford back, his weapons on the offense. Adrian Peterson sounds like he's going to be the guy because I think DeAndre Swift might be dealing with an injury. He might not be out, but he might be – I think he has something in his leg. Again, I don't trust the offense or the defense of the, for Detroit, but I also don't trust the offense for Chicago because I don't trust M- Mitch Trubisky. We know he can't throw the deep ball. He can't. He can barely throw to the right side of the field, let alone a deep ball. You have a guy like Allen Robinson, who yes is a great receiver, but you got to give him the ball. David Montgomery is your starting guy, but I think he might even be plagued with an injury right now. So then you go to Tariq Cohen and Cordero Patterson who aren't really running backs, they're open space guys, they're screen guys, they're kick returns. And yes, their defense is good, but we saw last year this good defense can't carry them. And and we saw again last year when this offense doesn't play well, we saw the defense start to lose confidence and they start to get dejected because of what the offense was doing. The defense was on the field more than the offense because the offense kept turning over the ball. So like you said, once, once Nick Foles gets in there, I could see them doing something, but as at least for this game. I mean, Lions are favored at home. I actually think that they're going to win this game. I I so hope they do. <laughs> I so, because you know how awesome it's going to be to go up to a Bears fan after they get beat by the Lions and you're just like, <laughs> Look at you. Look, at least they don't have to. They're so excited because they don't have to play us week one this year after yeah, no the last kidding. two seasons. Yeah, that would really suck. Yeah. That, yeah. They're but, lucky them. Yeah. So, I mean, it would also be really embarrassing if we came out after having no preseason, preseason games and dropped a game to the Bears. So, um, but yeah, the, my thing about Matt Stafford is if you're picking them for one game, that's different. If you're picking them for a season, then I want to have a different conversation with you because I just I I'm really scared about him getting hit hard once and then his season being over. Because just like Aaron Rodgers, he's very delicate after having some very serious injuries. If I remember correctly, last season he was eligible to come back and he was actually healthy enough um, at some point in the season, but they just figured let's just save you because we know you're still going to be playing for another they're not winning games what's the point of sending him in if they're not going to make the playoffs so i i but i do agree he's been injury riddled at least over the past few seasons so yeah but but you know if he stays healthy i really like this offense and they have the potential to give the vikings a run for their money well you would know more than me how does their offensive line look in detroit (laughs) Because um, that that's where you got to start looking. Because it's the same questions we have in Tampa Bay. Offensive you know, lines are my weakness. It, well, exactly. Well, exactly. That's the point. Well, like, nobody I, knows anything about offensive lines, too. So, well, yeah, exactly. I know strength but, of offensive lines. I don't really know specific players. It, but Detroit's not great. It's definitely. It'd be me. It'd be middle mediocre of the pack. at best. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So, 
to have a guy like because the Packers are definitely better, definitely better. So, excuse me to to have Matt Stafford and back there taking snaps scares me a little bit if I were a Lions fan. Mm-hmm. But for a, taking him for like the one game that week. I, his arm is just unprecedented. Like, yeah, he's towards the end of his career right now, but I don't care. That Plus, against throw a ball so damn far. Like, and against the Bears in this secondary that the Bears have, like, if he gets secondary, time, exactly. <laughs> like, I'm very. I have him in one of my leagues. We have a super flex where we can play quarterbacks. So I may be starting Josh Allen, but Matt Stafford is in my flex spot. <laughs> so I'm very excited. Um, let's talk Patriots Dolphins. I'm. <sighs> Tua's not starting. I don't think he should start for this season. They should yeah. just ride it out with uh, Fitzpatrick. You're paying him money. Why not just play him? Yeah. He plays good for you guys. He'll well, win you some Tua games. Tua had a, like a catastrophic hip injury. Yes. Like, you don't fuck around with that stuff. And we all know, if you've been listening to this podcast for a while, I'm a huge proponent of someone sitting for as long as they possibly can as a rookie quarterback in this league. It helps Especially tremendously. Like, Tua. like he was yes. very immature on the field too. You, we saw moments. So and it's we, perfect. We also know that I'm not huge on Tua, so I don't think it's going to work that much, but that's not the talk for today. It's going to give him more time in the system. Yes, so it'll I, help yes. him out for sure. But we saw what Fitzpatrick can do with this offense and specifically with Devontae Parker and Mike Jacecki. I don't, Oh, they're running back Jordan Howard. And Jordan Howard's been like a perennial thousand yard rusher. Like this, they actually have a solid running back now. Their defense is still, you know, they're the Dolphins. I, but I'm, <laughs> I'm, I'm excited to see, I'm excited to see this offense still. Cause, and, and you know what? They actually have a chance against this Patriots team who lost a lot of pieces, including Tom Brady. Who? <laughs> yeah. And they, they brought in Cam Newton. We haven't seen Cam since he got injured early last season. And he's not starting. Is he? I'm pretty sure he's the starting quarterback. Okay. I'm pretty sure they elected him a captain. Oh, okay, good. Yeah. Um, as far as I heard. Um, yeah. I, but, but we don't know how it's going to work. Does Josh McDaniels and Tom Brady or uh, Bill Belichick know how to call games for him? Do they know what kind of offense they want to run without a preseason like this would have been a perfect time for this preseason to for the Patriots to kind of figure out what they want to do with this offense. How's Julian Edelman going to fit in there? We saw, I don't, there's not really been a consistent wide receiver that, uh, that Cam Newton's played with. Like he had Kelvin Benjamin, but he was never really that consistent. DJ Moore for a little bit last year, but we didn't really Edelman's see enough. like the cream of the crop when it comes to consistency too. And he exactly. is starting. He's the first starting African-American quarterback for the Patriots. That's, yeah, I suppose. Not surprising. Sense. No. Um, <laughs> so, yeah, I, I don't know. I think the Dolphins actually have a shot at this, at this game. I mean, the Patriots are favored minus seven at home. <laughs> I would take the under, or I would take the uh, line for the Dolphins on that, actually, because I think it's going to be a closer game. Um, I, yeah, yeah, I just, I, it's hard for me to say what this Patriots team is going to do because I don't know if they want to win. I don't know if they're, I don't know how they're going to win uh, because I don't, their defense isn't going to be what it was last year. That's for damn sure. And even, even if it's somewhere close to that, can that defense win enough games with Cam Newton? We saw Cam Newton with a great defense make it to the Super Bowl. So I really don't know what this team is going to be. When I made my predictions, I was kind of like, you know, the Patriots don't want to win this year, you know, just kind of going along with that meme. But at the same time, I don't know what this team is. So 
No, yeah, the they, Patriots want to win now. They definitely want to. Starting Cam Newton, they they they're looking at winning games. Can you imagine if Belichick won a Super Bowl with Cam Newton? No, I you know what? Yeah, I can because my so the the reason I'll say that is because first off, we've been hearing things coming out of training camp that Cam Newton, it looks like he is poised to potentially have another MVP season. Good, eventually. I want to see it out of him. Maybe maybe not this year, but it could be next year. He might need to get a season with good legs under him, which is totally understandable. Mm-hmm. Um, Cam Newton, like, you want to talk about, like, extraordinary weapons? Like, the way that he moves in the backfield is like Russell Wilson, is like Kyler Murray, is like Lamar Jackson, but his size. But, what, but my problem is, though, what weapons does he have? He has Julian Edelman. And then he has a rookie, Nikhil Harry, who didn't really show up last year. And you have a committee, like the largest committee at running back that you've ever seen. I- but but you, here's the thing. It doesn't – so we talk about good, white, good quarterbacks making no-name no wide receivers look good. There's like one coach specifically that can do the same thing. Well, that and that's the thing. Like these two, like I said, McDaniel's and Belichick, they're the, in my opinion, still they're the reasons Tom Brady was as good as he was, especially yeah. late into his career. If anyone can do this, it's Bill Belichick and Josh McDaniel's. I still do, like Cam has to make these throws, and even when he was at his peak, even when he was MVP, his throws were never consistent. And his form this, was always kind of weird too. Yeah. Like he, he did that weird, like kind of baseball, like wind up thing. Yeah. And we, and you know, we see unorthodox throwing motions aren't crazy nowadays. Like look at Deshaun and Patrick Mahomes. Like yeah. these guys yeah. throw off balance all the time. I mean, I, I guess what is normal anymore but, anyway. But if you're not good with it, then you shouldn't be doing that. And like, like he, he's never really been a consistent thrower of the football. So that, that's just my, those are my issues with this offense. And, and like I said, it could all be resolved. This, this is one of the games I'm going to keep a close eye on. Hopefully red zones on it a lot on Sunday, but yeah, I'm very excited. So I, I, once again, I have this feeling that, that Cam Newton in his time that he hasn't been on the field has been doing a lot of target practice. And I have a feeling his accuracy is going to be a little bit better than we saw at any point since he was in Carolina. I hope. So I, I I want this guy to play good. I yeah, do. I I think his arm is going to be the maybe his strength might not be as the best we've ever seen, but his accuracy is definitely I think going to be the best we've ever seen, and his legs probably aren't going to be where he's been at because of injuries. But he but, might not need to be. But yeah, I was with with the mind the mastermind of Belichick and just and Daniels like the, the, everything there like that their offensive line coach I never remembered his name but they, that offensive line coach is absolutely ridiculous exactly he exactly he just makes studs out of i mean i shouldn't say out of nothing but like i don't hear about these guys until he they're playing for the Patriots. very well and yeah. he coat and he brings it out of them so well like they turn they turn out fucking offensive linemen like wisconsin does like yeah, i was about to say it's it's a very wisconsin-esque system it's ridiculous so and they, they sit guys out they train them for a year or two and then they'll put them in like it's hmm. a very collegiate setup weird only people yeah. did that with rookie quarterbacks. quarterbacks. <laughs> um, all right. Eagles, Washington football team. <laughs> Once again, I, th- I don't even want to watch this game. I don't either. Like, <laughs> like I, that game, I don't even want to watch. It's not even the fact that I don't want to watch a Washington football team because of the, the off-the-field things. Yeah. 
I just don't want to watch the Washington football team. The Eagles are injury plagued, and we know their quarterback situation. He's probably going to be injured at some point. But yet they're still going to win. They're going to win some games. They're going to compete for this division. They already don't have Miles Sanders for this game. They already have to go to Boston Scott and Corey Clement, speaking of Badgers. Um, and their defense has never been good, even when they're healthy. They have Zach Ertz. Alshon Jeffrey's already out. Jalen Rager, I don't know if is, is going to play. Deshaun Jackson, I think, is their number one receiver. <laughs> like, this is going to be weird. But then on the other side of the ball, you have a pretty solid defense in, in at Washington. You have a second-year quarterback who didn't show any flashes of being a quarterback last year. <laughs> he showed a couple-ish. I, I guess a couple. What he had it but for what they called a football team. And but you have Terry McLaurin, who is one of my favorite young receivers right now. Like I think he is. If he if he doesn't stay in Washington, he's poised for greatness in my uh, opinion. Uh, if Washington's really careful here, they've got a nice little roster, like young roster, starting up. And, yes, including my new favorite player, Antonio Gibson, <laughs> who I've just been on an absolute hype train because of this fantasy football podcast I listen to. This guy. I watched highlights of him the other night. This man is incredible. They're training him as both a wide receiver and a running back. I absolutely cannot wait for this man We're because as be soon as so much more of that, and as soon as they cut Adrian Peterson, I picked him up in every single one of my fantasy football leagues. I cannot wait to see this guy play. I think he's going to have, I think he's going to be like, not he isn't going to be, he's going to be like Christian McCaffrey. I think he's going to be up there as far as a playmaker for this team in the near future. And head coach Ron Rivera has taken over now. Riverboat Ron has been, you know, we've seen him make solid teams. Yeah. Oh, that yeah. Being, Big culture being, guy. Exactly. And that being said, I still have the Eagles to win this game. <laughs> um, yeah. It, I'm, I'm going to look long-term here. Ron Rivera is, I think, the only proper move that they could have made, mm -hmm. knowing the information that, that they knew was going to be coming out. They made the right moves, which they needed to make right moves eventually. So, I agree. Raiders-Panthers, I'm excited to see Teddy Bridgewater uh, take yeah. over this offense with the absolute freaking stacked offense that they have. Yeah. Robbie Anderson, DJ Moore, Christian McCaffrey, all these freaking guys. I can't remember the tight end's name. I want to say Irv Smith Jr. Nope, he's the Vikings guy. Frank There's going to be a lot of points in Carolina being There scored. is. And on the other side of the ball, too, because you lose Luke Keekley, and I don't yeah. know if I trust this defense, which is the only, literally the only thing. I think the defense could still be solid. I don't know. But in, in my opinion, I, and I don't think this is a hot take, Luke Keekley was probably the anchor with that. So losing oh, him. Oh, that's not a hot take at all. Yeah. So it's just going to be interesting to see how this team how the defense specifically responds to losing a guy like that and how they play this season if the defense plays even halfway decent i legit the panthers are the number two team in this division easily yeah yeah um, no, definitely and and against the raiders you know they have stacked again a stacked offense josh jacobs is going to be one of the best running backs in the league this season Derek Carr has still been inconsistent, but they have Henry Ruggs now. They have Darren Waller at tight end. And they have Brylan Edwards, I believe, was his other, the other rookie wide receiver. They have weapons. And the defense has never been shabby, but they've never been great. So, I, you know, I actually think the Panthers are going to take this, even though the, the 
the Las Vegas Raiders, I just remembered. Um, the Raiders are favored as a road team. I still think the Panthers take this. I think Teddy Bridgewater learned way too much in New Orleans last year. And with Christian McCaffrey, like, I love this offense. Yeah, I think McCaffrey comes out and has just a monster game. I mean, running good running Actually, backs on rested legs. Hopefully not because I'm playing him in fantasy, but go on. Well, <laughs> Good running backs on rested legs should be scary for anybody on the other side of the on the other side of the line. So, um, Teddy Bridgewater was a very, very, very good pickup for Carolina. I'm super glad they did that. I think that's a very good next stepping stone from from the Cam era that they had down there. Um, I Christian McCaffrey. I I can't get past how just amazing he is because I I talk a lot about Jimmy Butler, kind of like being a kryptonite for a lot of NBA teams because of how just strong-willed and badass he is. Mm-hmm. Christian McCaffrey is kind of like the Jimmy Butler of running backs. Like, he just doesn't give a shit if you're in his way. Like, he's just going to go either right around you or right through you. He doesn't really care. Yeah. And he was raised on a family of hard-ass men, and you can obviously tell with the way he plays football. Yeah. A lot of points going to be scored in this game, in my opinion. A lot of rushing uh, yards yeah, and touchdowns be a lot in this of running. game. A lot of my, running. Uh, yeah. Um, speaking of rushing yards, the Baltimore Ravens. <laughs> yeah. I mean, they, they don't even throw, they're just playing rugby. Like they're gonna, they're gonna crush the Browns. Like I like the Browns and I think Baker's going to have a bounce back year. Odell isn't going <laughs> to be the shit. Third year we've been saying Baker's going to come back. He's going to be great. Odell isn't going to be shit. Pardon my pun. Um, uh, Jarvis, hey. Land, Jarvis Landry, you know, again, Austin Hooper at tight end. I again, I like this offense. I don't. I'm not going to buy into the hype like I did last year. But they have good defense. I think if anyone can guard Hollywood Brown, it's Denzel Ward. They have Miles Garrett back. I think this game will be closer than people think. But I just don't think this defense will be able to keep up. Even Joe Sherbert or Joe Schobert, who is a really good middle linebacker. I don't know. I, I just I, I can't see them keeping up with this offensive run, like the like the run offense. Let alone uh, a really good passer in Lamar Jackson, which a lot of people didn't see coming last year. First off, I just got to say I cannot believe Odell Beckham Jr. plays for the Browns. Like out of all teams, listen, literally the Browns. No king shaming. It's just a funny one because it's poop. That's all yeah, I'm gonna say. Yeah, 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 yeah. You know, uh, his potential for this being a part of this offense this season is just super steamy. You know, it's nothing short of steamy. Uh, <laughs> yeah, uh, I, I'm not very hyped on the uh, – on the Hyped, I'm train. just confident. I, I'm, I'm, not even, I'm not even confident. Um, I think – well, because I, I think, you got to think – you got to think, too, uh, the hire of Kevin Stefanski and what he did with uh, Kirk Cousins and Dalvin Cook I think can be applied to Baker Mayfield and Nick Chubb. And adding Kareem Hunt in that backfield, too. Baker Mayfield is what happens when Tyler Hero misses his threes. <laughs> like, like this, this, that's what Baker Mayfield is turning into. He came in. He came in with all his confidence, all his hype. He's like, I'm the, I'm the shit. I know I'm the shit. And you're just going to have to deal with it. I'm going to sign all these commercial deals. They, they know I'm the shit, too. Have and then seen, he literally doesn't seen, do anything. Like, have you seen the new one at the stadium? They're still doing the at-home at the stadium oh things. Oh, my God, really? Dude, so it, he's outside in his, in his robe and his newspaper, and he all of a sudden there's a, like a crack of thunder in the distance, and he goes, oh, it's going to rain. 
the furniture and he looks at the groundskeeper and he goes hurry if, if we if we do two you know two at a time it'll take less time and he grabs like the seat the individual seat covers and he starts putting them on the seats one at a time <laughs> i was fucking dying dude i don't care what you say those commercials are hilarious no, I, I, I won't lie those commercials are funny but play football man uh, yeah, like yeah do do the thing that you're like they're paying like they're paying you because you're a football player <laughs> and if you don't do the football part well they shouldn't be like they're rewarding him for sucking basically and, and it's kind of pissing me off and this is the perfect game to make this comparison to because all last season we and and in the middle of the season a guy colin coward who doesn't make too many great points but when he does he's uh, not yeah, i don't like him <laughs> he's he but when he makes a good point he's like right on the head yeah. like the the difference between what Baker did last offseason, all these commercials and not really working with all with his offense, and what Lamar Jackson did because of all the all the negative hype around Lamar and him playing quarterback. Lamar put in the work. You didn't see Lamar on TV. You didn't see him in these commercials. And no disrespect to Baker, get the bag. Like go make your money. Yeah, I would do the. Yeah. I would probably do the same thing. But you got to work on your quarterback shit. And we saw the difference what that did. For Lamar versus Brooke. Well, Baker. and it depends on how you want your career to be looked at in retros- in a retrospect. Mm-hmm. Lamar might be wanting to go down a legacy path, while Baker might just be here for the flash. You know, he might not he d- might not care. You know, yeah. he might be here for the bag. He might not be here for the chip. So, yeah, yeah. Uh, Chargers versus Bengals. I can't wait to watch Joe Burrow play football. I cannot wait to see the second coming of Joe Montana. Yeah, I'm going that far. I really I, think that the guy, the way this guy can command a football field, is is something that it, we just don't have anywhere. And look at the talent like, that he automatically has. AJ Green, what? AJ like, Green, Tyler Boyd. I don't know who their tight end is, but Joe AJ Mixon. Green, yeah, vacuums. Those guys are vacuums of receivers. Like I, he's talk about I, a, a perfect situation to go into. Like. The last 24 months of this, minus COVID, the last 24 months of this kid's life have been nothing short of picturesque. He, he got yeah. put into a situation on a LSU team with arguably the best receiving core in football history. And Ridiculous. Like, not even... Including I mean, saw, Clyde Edwards-Alaire, who is now a number one starting running back in the NFL. I was about to say, we saw, we saw two of the best receiving cores in, in college football history this past season. Mm-hmm. But to go from that then to this NFL situation where not only are you the guy, but you're like, they're patient for you. They're patient. You're the guy. You've got weapons. If you don't make the playoffs this year, Eh, it's okay. You're a rookie quarterback, and they're probably not, not going to. Deal. But if they do make the playoffs this year, oh my God, he's their savior. I, Literally, he could lose all of the games this year, but if he still, you know, throws for a hundred yards every now and then, they're not gonna care. He's a rookie quarterback in Cincinnati. I do think the headline on Monday morning is going to be, "Is Burrow the guy?" Because yeah. only because Who else would it be? Only because. I think this Chargers defense is still really legit and he has to play his first NFL game against Joey Bosa. <laughs> okay. You know, that's a really good point. Really good point. Yes. And but- I, I don't trust the offensive line and I, and the defense. Like I, there, I, I do see a world. The Chargers are favored as a road team. I, I actually think the Chargers are probably going to win this game because Tyrod Taylor is a proven starting quarterback in this league. 
He knows this offense because he's been with this team already. Austin Eckler is going to tear up the Bengals because I don't like the de Bengals defense. Yeah, I, I think the Chargers are going to win this game, but I think Joe Burrow, well, he gets beaten up. I just, I think he will. I think he'll prove something, and I think he'll I think he'll outperform what people are thinking against this defense, which will be huge. What do you think that he's going to do? tomorrow i think he's gonna Today. throw 250 and a touch and two touchdowns I, I was gonna say 200 i was gonna say 203 and they're gonna have the run game going which yeah could be i like obviously joe mixon but joe mixon is very involved in the uh pass game as well and we know yeah. what joe burrow did with clyde edwards Lair at lsu too so i was it, the systems translate so cleanly yeah. um speaking of brian balaga though looking at the uh yeah. the injury report he's questionable week one so already don't miss him. Um, <laughs> but uh, also speaking of tickets, you know, $65 could get you a ticket to go see Joe Burrow play his first game in Cincinnati. That's not even fun. that bad of a drive. If you left now, you might still be able to get a couple hours of sleep before True. the game. Um, yeah. I, uh, the, the, my thing that you bring up Joey Bosa, that's a, that's a good one to bring up. Because Joey Bosa is not only is he really good, he's aggressive. It, it, both Bosa's are like that's that's their play style. Mm -hmm. And you have to remember that Joe Burrows is coming out of college, high level college football, against the most aggressive defenses in the world when it comes to football. Yeah. So is Joe? Yes, Joey Bosa scares me if I'm Joe Burrows, but. I'm also kind of like, I've seen this before. He's just a much more physically gifted version of this. I mean, yes, he's obviously more talented, obviously. But the play style-wise, it's nothing new for him. He's just better. All I'm going to say is I'm more excited for Thursday night when it's Bengals versus Browns, and Joe Burrow is going to get his first win as an NFL quarterback. And it, that's going to make Baker look so bad. Because you know, you know it doesn't bother me though. That's the thing. You know when Baker got his first win as an NFL quarterback? <laughs> Thursday night football. <laughs> so and you know, and I would be happy to see Joe come out and win tomorrow. Like, and you know what? I and, and I bring up it's very possible. It's extremely possible. It is possible because this Charger team is far from a guarantee win. Like it's Tyrod Taylor. We don't know what he's gonna be. Um, but he does, you know, I he he was a Brown, so he knows this Bengals team. I the only thing I can say is we saw Clemson come out and have a really good defensive scheme for the first drive and a half against the LSU, but then Joe Burrow just picked them apart. I I don't know. I I don't know what's gonna happen. I'm so excited because I absolutely love this dude and I can't wait to watch him specifically primetime Thursday next week. Well, Joe Burrow, we talk about drafting a rookie quarterback and seeing him for a couple of years preparing him you don't see Joe Burrow. He played football for five years. Like he's ready to go. So I, the advantage that he has picking apart offenses, because college offenses vary so drastically compared to NFL offense or defenses, excuse me, NF defensive schemes vary so much more in college than in the NFL. So, and he's able to pick up on all of that. And if he can pick up on that, he can pick up on that in the NFL. Mm -hmm. And that's like that's something you teach. And if he's coming in with that skill as a rookie, I mean, you you could put all your cards on the table, and he could still come out there and kick your ass. Yep. So that that's a really good weapon to have, in, mental weapon to have in your arsenal. 
Buccaneers are going to lose their first game tomorrow. That I might consider a, a, a slight hot take. Against the New Orleans Saints. And here's why. Here's why. I know, I know, I know, I know Drew Brees completes like three quarters of his passes. It's stupid. And Michael Thomas is the best receiver in football. And I'm not disagreeing with you. I am going to say that the Bucs win tomorrow because of the fact that they've actually been practicing together for, what, four months now? I know you're going to sit here and be shocked looking at me right now, but I know, yeah, I know, I know you think I'm crazy. Okay. I, 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 I'm still of the mindset that really, really good players, even at older ages on teams that are somewhat questionable can make those teams so much stronger because of their skill level. Let me break this down for you. Which defense would you prefer? Oh, I both sides no, I, of the ball. I want the Saints. That, but I'm saying for this game specifically, for Week One, I'm which, picking the Buccaneers. Which defense is better? I, I'd rather have the Saints defense. Which offense is better? I would probably rather have the Saints offense too. Special teams. Probably still Saints. Head coach, coaching staff. Let's just say. <sighs> yeah, you gotta. You still got. You can't listen. You can't, yeah, we have. Look, the, I, I'm, it's, it's, I'm talking one game. I'm not talking a season. I'm talking one game. Drew Brees. And, okay, here's the other thing. It's Tom Brady's first game with this offense, and he doesn't even have Mike Evans. Uh, th- you're talking about Drew Brees, who's played his entire, most of his career in this team. He's played with all of these players for a full season. This defense has played together. Their secondary is good. They're, they make pressure on the quarterback. Sean Payton is a Super Bowl winning coach. Yep. I can't believe you actually. <laughs> I, week one. It, no, it is week one in happening. 2020. And you know, you know what a Tom, pandemic. You know what Tom Brady does on week one? He loses. I. You know what? A lot of shit's happened this year that's not normal. So if Tom Brady's going to win week one with a new team, it's going to be 2020. But no, I, like, what I'm basically boiling it down to is that I feel like Tom Brady's a lot more prepared than we think he is. 35 to 13. Really? That's what you're thinking? Yes. I I think it's going to get down to the fourth quarter last possession. I really do. I would still take the Saints in any, like, even if Tom Brady has the ball. We saw what Tom Brady did in the playoffs last year. I know. I know. I know. I I still think that he's got more weapons in Tampa Bay than he did. Of course he he does. He does, but, like, it's – but. But let's look at those weapons because he doesn't have Mike Evans. So now he's got Gronkowski who hasn't touched a football in fucking a year. I mean, now yeah, he probably yeah. has in practice. Well, but he, He's going to be a surprise too, I think. No, I think, he's not. <laughs> I, the, I, I, the people aren't expecting much from him. I think he's going to do more than he's, people expect. Listen, the news out of camp is Gronkowski isn't even the featured tight end. It's still OJ Howard. Oh, yeah, no, he's he's there for blocking purposes. <laughs> like, and he's not even that guy. Listen. He's a, bo- he's a large body. That's kind of what the move is. They don't have Mike Evans, so Chris Godwin's yeah. the guy. And we know, listen, Chris Godwin's is as close to Julian Edelman as Tom Brady's going to get. So I like that a lot. But yeah, Leonard Fournette, Ronald Jones, and some rookie, I think, that they drafted at running back. Oh, they have LaShawn McCoy. A guy who didn't play in the playoffs last year. It, it sounds better than what the Patriots had last year. <laughs> <laughs> oh, wait. 
<laughs> not, I mean, not really. But like, okay. what I'm what I'm saying here, like, it's Tom Brady. You can never count a guy like Tom Brady out. I know you I think can. it's a. I, I know you think because you think it's a coaching thing. You think that he was so good because of the coaching thing. But I love I love Bruce Arians though. I think he's yeah. a great coach. I I think if he was if Tom Brady was going to go play anywhere else, it should have either been for Ron Rivera or Bruce Arians. Like those were the only two coaches I could really go see him playing for. So I. In that regard, I'm glad he's in Tampa Bay. But for I just guys like Tom Brady are they're just they're so next level good. I'm normally not a big Tom Brady hype train guy either, but I, I've got a feeling about this one, man. And if I'm wrong, I'll be wrong. I'm the basketball guy anyway. I'm allowed to be really wrong. That's but, like, also true. Why do you remember why the Patriots won so many games last year? They also weren't playing probably as good of teams. Do you remember why the Patriots won so many games last year? Was it their number one rated defense in the league? It helped a little. It definitely did. So let's throw in the 20th best defense in the league. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. And that's, that's, that's the big point. Breeze is going to absolutely murder this offense. (laughs) They're this defense. I mean, I, I don't know, man. I'm telling you, we're looking. Right. We're gonna see, right. I feel like we're going to see some things that we're just not ready for. Speaking of, because right? yeah, like I thought the Chiefs were going to win by like 30 last night. So uh, yeah, I mean, it was a fourth quarter <laughs> comeback against basically a prevent defense. Um, speaking of surprise, potential surprising wins, the 49ers and the Cardinals. You think the Cardinals take it? Listen. Two of Kyler Murray's best fantasy football games last year was against the the, uh, the 49ers. And the Kenyon Drake's first game for the Cardinals was a Thursday night after they got him on Monday. And he absolutely tore up San Francisco's defense. And then he did it again later in the season. With DeAndre Hopkins, and listen, it's, it's hard to sack Kyler Murray. Listen, I, I don't, I'm not picking them to win. But watch out for this game because I do oh, think the, the, if you want, I will. The Cardinals I, just could, so much firepower. The Cardinals could win this game. That's all I'm saying. There's a very strong chance. But you look at the because their defense. I don't know. They have Chandler Jones and they have a lot of defensive. They have Isaiah Simmons now, who I think people are sleeping on as a draft pick. He was fantastic for Clemson as a linebacker slash safety who can guard the tight end position. And that was the number one weakness for the Cardinals last year. So now you slow down George Kittle. I'm, I'm excited for this game because I do think the Cardinals have a chance at the upset, but even then it's going to be a close game. I'm taking the Cardinals with a plus seven, like a minus seven for San Francisco. I I'm taking the Cardinals on that one. Like, yeah, but I would too. I'm taking the, I'm taking the Niners to win a close one though. Um, I had this, the, the thing about the Niners for me is I feel like they've been missing a piece. Like they've they've been this really good team, but it always feels like they're they're just missing something. Yeah, like, like there's just you know what I mean. They're, they're trying to obtain something, they're just not quite there yet. And I don't think they made enough moves in the offseason to make that happen. And honestly, and, they lost to Forrest Buckner. Yeah, like I, not much really changed in San Francisco. So, I. For that reason, I, I feel pretty comfortable in the explosive offense in in Arizona. I mean, Cardinals are going to be looking pretty nuts this year with Kyler Murray being able to do what he can do and the kind of weapons he has. 
am I mean you you have a brain like Larry Fitzgerald. Like I'm a big I'm a big believer in having veteran guys on your team to help teach your younger up and coming guys. And someone like Larry Fitzgerald that's played with some of the most fantastic quarterbacks we've seen in the recent, you know, decades, because he's been playing for God knows how long at this point. So Larry there's a lot. My favorite, Larry Fitzgerald has my favorite stat of all time. He has more tackles than he has drops. That's awesome. And it's it the best. Surprise me. It's the best. Yeah. I, I feel like Larry Fitzgerald is always one of those guys I try to trade for when I'm doing a Madden simulation because no matter how much you he regress or like regresses in age his hands are always still good mm -hmm. <laughs> which that's i think that's how it's going to be until he retires but uh, kyler murray can get out of the way he gets out of the pocket and throws the ball mm -hmm. really gives his receivers more time to have to run extended routes if they can't find anything initial initially and with the way they're going to be able to extend their offensive plays I, I think that's going to be what's going to be able to get them past San Francisco. They're, they're going to get that defense really tired from running around trying to tackle Kyler. They're not going to be able to do anything come the end of the game because they're not going to have any wind left. Yep. Uh, Rams, Cowboys. Cowboys are going to win this. I mean, I like I, – I still don't think Dak is the guy, but Zeke is still good. They still have – they have even more weapons on offense now. I think Blake Jarwin's going to have a breakout season at tight end. I think, um, obviously, Amari Cooper, Michael Gallup, and C.D. Lamb, they drafted it. At, like, they have a really good offense. C.D. Lamb was such a good pickup. Yes. I, I, and, I, and, of course, I think it's just going to create more space for Gallup and for Amari Cooper, if anything else. I, I, just, I don't know. I don't know how much I trust Mike McCarthy. I was and, about to say, if, I think this is going to be looking like the Packers offense from two years ago. Which does not bode well for Ezekiel Elliott. Well, the thing is, Mike McCarthy never changed his damn schemes. No. Never. And looking at this roster, it kind of looks pretty similar to Packers rosters he's had in the past. And if he's going to do yeah. – and if history says anything about coaches going to new teams, they're going – for the most part, besides a guy like Bruce Arians who's tailoring a system to Tom Brady right now, mm -hmm. a lot of coaches don't necessarily tailor systems to quarterbacks. They tailor systems to what – they know how to coach so that's going to be really interesting to see how that adjusts we talk about teams who have kind of stayed stagnant i mean the rams i mean man they, they, well, no, they they're not made... better no they they lost their best player in my opinion and but even then like he they weren't even using him using like him yeah like so i i don't know what their goal is they yeah. looked really interesting for a while like once they went they they had their great postseason run they went to the like, super bowl i i know like they had the, they had this great run got this great young court this great young coach and then it kind of looked like he got mike mccarthy syndrome he got and then he got matt Nagy syndrome yeah they both are trying to out coach themselves that's what well, it feels I, like he also got a little redundant too yeah. So, and I, and that, that's why I bring up the Mike McCarthy syndrome because yeah. that, that's, and that's something we're going to be seeing in Dallas all year. Like, we're, we're going to be seeing the same shit, different air freshener. So, um, the only reason I'm interested in this game is to see what kind of offense Dallas runs. And I've never been interested to see what kind of offense a non Green Bay Packer football team runs. Exactly. Uh, all right, the two Monday night games, we got the Steelers-Giants. This should be interesting, but I am expecting the Steelers to win by a couple scores just because Big Ben's back. Yeah, and Big I Ben's, think yeah. James Conner, hopefully he's healthy. 
Um, but I mean, obviously he's going to be healthy coming into this game. Hopefully he stays healthy. You have Deontay Johnson and uh, Juju Smith-Schuster. They have weapons on this team, and this offense can only get better from what it was with Mason Rudolph. And this defense almost got them to the playoffs last yeah. year with Mason Rudolph at quarterback. Like, well, that's, that's the thing. They've had this cycle of quarterbacks that kind of mm-hmm. went through last year, and they're still able to borderline make the playoffs. Now, I'm talking incremental, small incremental. Even if Big Ben was a small incremental improvement on Mason Rudolph, that would put them in the playoffs. But we're not talking about a small incremental improvement. We're talking about a sizable improvement. Even at his old age. We're talking a backup, still, a backup quarterback to a Hall of Fame quarterback. <laughs> yeah. Like, we're, we're, he, obviously, he's a starter here. He'd still be a starter on a majority of teams. Majority, like, yeah. So, and he's one of the older quarterbacks going against a younger quarterback. I love these older quarterbacks, younger quarterbacks matchups because it, there, there's such an evident gap right now in sports between the older generation, our LeBrons, mm-hmm. our Tom Brady's, our Aaron Rodgers, our Ryan Bronze, mm-hmm. with our younger, or Clayton Kershaw's, with our younger generations, our, our Mookie Betts, our, our Kyler Murray's, our Patrick Mahomes, our, I mean, our, all of our young basketball players. I, yeah. I could name that list forever. So it's really interesting to see how these guys play against each other. Just so entertaining for fans. And not only that, you have Mike Tomlin, who is a Super Bowl winning coach going against the rookie head coach, Joe Judge, coming out of the New yeah. England Patriots system. Oh, and coming so good. It's it, I'm actually I have hopes for the future of the Giants. Not this season. I don't think it's there yet. They didn't make enough defensive moves to really impress me. But I like Daniel Jones. I think he I think they did make the right pick, in my opinion. It, in hindsight, obviously. Um, but like obviously Saquon's there. They still have Sterling Shepard. They have uh Golden Tate. Darius Slayton was good. And obviously Evan Ingram, who's a top uh, tight end too. I like their offense. I mean, I'm excited to see what Joe judge does with this team, because I don't know if you heard out of this one practice, Joe judge didn't like what they were doing in a practice. So he had them redo the entire practice. Wow. He said, I didn't like the effort out of you guys. We're doing it again. And apparently Saquon hate that. Apparently Saquon was like, Hey, that was great. Like our team. Yeah. Like, so I'm, I can't wait to see this i think this will actually be a really fun first monday night game i do think the steelers are going to win that five and a half thing uh, their favorite five and a half as a road team i do like that i think they'll probably win by a score or two yeah uh the giants are more one of those teams i'm excited to watch in a couple of years yeah you know they're they're a young team with the veterans that are working with the younger guys um yeah and I think the Steelers are just trying to steal a couple, literally steal a couple games here because there, there's going to be, I think the Steelers are going to be playing a lot of close games this year because they're not, you know, a lot better than a lot of other teams. They're, no. just, they're just slightly better. But their so, defense, but their offense has greatly improved and their defense is one yeah. of the best. Like, and I honestly, the Giants are probably going to get like, they're, they're not going to get a lot of offense in this game because Mika Fitzpatrick and TJ Watt, just to name a few people on that defense. So yeah. Uh, well, and be... we'll see how short how short the short game is going to be for the Steelers because exactly. we we don't know what they're going to be thrown out with. We don't know what Big Ben's arm looks like right now coming out of the offseason. So. And then we have Titans Broncos to end week 1. I like the I like the Titans in this game and I don't think that's a hot take. Um oh. they the Titans aren't going to be what they were last, towards the end of last season. 
Um, they still have a chance to win this division and they still have a chance to make the playoffs, even if, as a wild card team, because Derrick Henry is just an absolute beast. I think, uh, Ryan Tannehill is the perfect quarterback for this system and they have weapons at the wide receiver just to, I mean just AJ Brown himself is a one-man wide receiver crew like he is just a tank of a man and their defense is really good they just got Jadavion Clowney too to add to that so I do I, I'd like the Titans to probably take this division if it's not the Colts and and then the Broncos are just sitting, I think they're in the middle of a rebuild. And it's unfortunate that they lost Von Miller, but they have a lot of young pieces, even though you look at Melvin Gordon, but you look at, you know, Drew, Drew Locke, you look at Jared Judy, who they just drafted, Cortland Sutton, who's been a star ride receiver that in his first two seasons, like he's been great as the number one. I think he's a proven number one guy at this point. Yeah. Um, and they have, they have, a lot of young talent. Um, the defensive side of the ball, they've been a defensive team for a long time. I don't think that's going to be there this this year, so I don't see a lot in the future as of right now for the Broncos, but they can put a lot of pieces together. Yeah, um, I'm, I, I, I saw Tennessee winning this game going in. I didn't really read too much into it. Um, I, I'm not really that high on the Broncos, pun intended. Um, so I – We'll we'll see what they end up doing because you are kind of right. They're they're kind of in a rebuild. They're they're kind of in a weird situation. Yeah. Like they have the option to go into rebuild mode this season if they want to, and they can kind of be lackadaisical about these first. The, I mean, honestly, first half of the season if they really want to, they're in no rush. So as long as until the trade deadline kind of rolls around, they can kind of do what they want here, depending on how they do record wise. Mm-hmm. So it, it's just it's about smart business plays. And we've been seeing a lot more smart business plays besides the Texans in, recently in the NFL. Exactly. So, yeah, that's week one of the NFL season. I'm so excited to watch football tomorrow. There's a lot, like, there's a lot of very interesting things going on that make week one look a lot more intriguing than normal mm-hmm. for different reasons than we're used to. So. so- so again, sorry for the late preview on week one. It'll be earlier in the week in the future, but uh, we will have an episode, if not Sunday night. I mean Monday, we'll have it yeah. um, to to actually go over what happens. Um, what I'm thinking is Sunday night, because then we can Sunday night we'll talk about what happened Thursday and Sunday, and then sometime in the middle of the week we'll talk about Monday night and preview the rest of the week and potentially th- like we'll talk about whatever we don't. We'll we'll try to talk about every game eventually. Um, is what I'm saying, and we'll preview as much as we can. So it's just going to depend on our schedule most weeks. So, but we'll fit it all in. That's but what she th- said. <laughs> <laughs> Fantastic joke to end on. Hey. All right. Well, you can follow us on Twitter at FRKO Podcast. You can follow Hanson at Hanson McElvain. You can follow me at Howard J. Dingers. I'm now Packers KO on there. Uh, yeah subscribe to the podcast give us a nice itunes review help the podcast grow subscribe so you know when the next podcast comes out when we're talking about all these games and happy football season we'll see you next week i'm just a young college kid with all the privilege trust me on belief so catch us going through the villages keep an image of priscilla with the jay dilla dilla need another dollar dollar in manila so vanilla with a swirl let the blade run 
tongue drip slice down the middle of our nation heebie-jeebies we already had this conversation kept me busy since day one accusations pockets gained a little weight like my ex bitch still the only bricks that i've been stacking been in tetris never measure up because we've been on a different metric and I don't give a fuck about who the next I feel the is. hole in my soul with Palace Supreme logos Acid wash jeans, the Vans and the Ralph Polo Burnt like my tongue after sipping some hot cocoa I just wanna jump from the top and fly solo Feel the hole in my soul with Palace Supreme logos Acid wash jeans, the Vans and the Ralph Polo Burnt like my tongue after sipping some hot cocoa I just wanna jump from the top and fly solo